Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing with the 10 lessons uh, that we're going through. And of course we're on number two today. And it is, number two is Discipline Matters. Discipline Matters. But before we get into that, we are going to pick back up with some scripture reading. And we're going to be reading through the book of Jonah here over the next few days. And this is just something that I think is really important that we infuse scripture reading into this because the whole idea of Shouts of Grace is to connect people to God's Word. And so we're going to be reading Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and it says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, and the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and and they threw cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship, and he had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him, and he said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us, so that we may not perish." They said to one another, and they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And then they said unto him, Please tell us, for whose cause is the trouble upon us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord and the Lord and the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said unto him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? And the sea was growing more temptuous. And he said unto them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more temptuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah, and they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now, This is interesting because there are some things that relate to discipline here that Jonah did not have. First of all, Jonah did not have a discipline in obeying God's call. You know, we looked at that idea of God's call yesterday of being of utmost important in our life or God's will being of utmost important in our life. But we see that Jonah did not have a discipline on following God. Instead, he ran the other way. And then we see perhaps another lacking discipline in Jonah's life, which is one that we're going to be looking at just a little bit, and that was he was sleepy, right? He was sleeping in the bottom of the boat after he ran from God. And what did the captain come and say? What do you mean by this, O sleeper? 
I mean, he's going and calling him a, a lazy bag of bones. That's really what he's calling Jonah in that moment. What are you doing sleeping at a time that you ought to be awake? What are you doing? But the second lesson that I, I've learned in, in my 20s, and this was uh, some uh, of these disciplines were things that, that learning the easy way, the easy way is looking in at other people's lives and realizing that they're lacking discipline and seeing that, hey, it's good to apply this discipline. But the other way is, of course, sometimes you lack discipline in your life and you realize you need to have discipline because there is pain that is associated with not having discipline. But discipline matters. Your daily disciplines will shape your life, and it will be the ceiling of your spiritual potential is your daily discipline. Uh, and if you're not disciplined or you have a lack of discipline in your life, your spirituality will be impotent. There's, there's just no getting around this here, that, that the disciplines that you employ in your life, the disciplines that you have, they will become the ceiling for your spiritual impact that you have around you. And on the other side of it, too, if you choose not to be disciplined, it is going to dramatically decrease the effectiveness that you have for the kingdom of God. That's just the reality of it, and it is a lesson that you can go and look out at the lives of others and you can see. If you want to see somebody who has been highly successful for many years spiritually, there is something I can guarantee you, and that is that they have disciplines in their life. They live a disciplined life, and they probably have many different disciplines. You, you know, I mentioned just a couple, and one of them we're going to come back and touch on that idea of, uh, of sleeping because there's another example that I want to bring up about that. But the discipline of following God when he says go, that's a discipline in your life. You see, anywhere that you have a choice, there's ultimately a discipline. And you need to discipline to condition yourself to go and to say, when, when God says go, I say okay. When God says do this, I say yes. There are many people who they don't have the discipline of saying yes to God. And where does this discipline of saying yes to God begin? Because this is an important discipline and one that people often don't think about. Well, it really starts probably in your daily life, are you going to say yes to making time for reading God's word and praying? That's probably where this starts. Because if you're not going to be disciplined to say yes there, you're probably not going to be disciplined when God goes and he calls you to do something uh, big with your life. In fact, you might not even be listening to him at that moment. And because you're lacking in what we would say smaller disciplines, you might even lack out or miss out on the call to something else. But another big place where you see this discipline and where you gain this discipline is saying yes to worshiping God on Sunday. You know, if church is optional, if it's not a discipline in your life, if you don't have the discipline of going to church on Sunday, then the reality of it is, is that you're not going to have that discipline of going when God calls you to go do something else. Because if church is an inconvenience to you, I certainly know that moving your life somewhere else will be a greater inconvenience to you, and you won't follow God in that place. 
the the other side of it is too is that you won't stay in that place maybe there's another opportunity that comes up but god has said no i've called you to be disciplined to come and to stay where you are to stay planted well, that's another discipline in your life. And so if you're going and you're changing, uh, you know, changing churches faster than you change socks, the reality of it is, is that you're not going to be disciplined to stay planted. You're not going to have that discipline in your life. But let's get into scripture a little bit here. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, it says this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. For everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with certainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing here to the church in Corinth, which, of course, was a very undisciplined church here. This is 1 Corinthians. And so we, we see that Paul gives an illustration of running a race, and that is what the spiritual life is like. It's, it's like running a race, and we know that we must run with endurance, but it also says that we run uh, in such a way that we uh, may obtain a prize. You know, I, I ran track in uh, junior high, and I, I wasn't the best uh, person at running track, the best, uh, I, I don't know what you call that, athlete, I guess, or because or, you don't really play track, but I, I wasn't the best competitor uh, in track. But I wasn't the worst either. Now, at that point in time, I was one of the fastest kids in my class, but that didn't mean that I was great at track. You see, I would go and get get put, uh, started off, and um, you, you know they're you're testing the different uh, races that you would go and run, and you you they would go and put me in, you know, a four hundred, four hundred meter race, and I would go and do that. And at first, I thought I was going to like that because it's probably one of the ones that is more natural at. I I didn't have great acceleration because I just gotten done with a growth spurt, but 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 I could go and really stride out, and and I was like I said, pretty fast. But there's a problem with it when you're running four hundred meters. It's still considered a sprint, so you're supposed to run as fast as you can. Well, that's a long time to run as fast as you can, and I was more out for track because. I enjoyed, you know, I didn't mind running so much in that sense, didn't mind the competition, but I was more doing it because I enjoyed hanging out with people. And so I pretty soon was, you know, not really wanting to run a 400. So then uh, we'd go and, you know, I, like I said, it wasn't necessarily super suited for, for the 100 or 200, it wasn't too bad the 200, but 100 was kind of tough. I, I didn't really have great acceleration, so that was tough. But, but then I got put in the 800 and this was the race I liked because y you really didn't have to put your entire effort in the entire time. And so I could kind of dog it when I was running. And I, I ran and we had a really fast class. We didn't have very many people in our class, but we had a lot of people who were fast uh, or the people who were there were, were really fast. And, and, and we were always really close to breaking the, the, the record for the 800 and there was uh, for the four by 800. And there was one person uh, who, who their mom knew this 
and it just drove her nuts because she she knew she'd seen me play basketball and she'd seen me play football. I I could run faster if I wanted to, and perhaps her son even said, you know, he could run faster if he wanted to. And uh, I I knew that I I would get put second in the four by eight relay. The first guy was probably about the third, maybe the the fourth fastest uh, in the conference at the 800. And he would go and, and most likely have, be handing off to me with the big lead. So I'd go and I'd take that that baton and I could just, you know, I could smile and wave at the crowd if I wanted to. I didn't do that, but but I could have. I didn't have to run very hard, so I could just kind of dog it a little bit and run kind of an average to slightly below average time, hand it off to the next guy who was probably about the 10th fastest guy in the conference at the 800. And if I lost any ground, he would probably catch him or at least keep pace. And then he had hand off to our closer who was the fastest uh, person, fastest 800 runner in the conference. And, and he would just go and chase down anybody that needed to be and go and take us home. And we'd win every single race. We, we never even came close to losing a four by 800, but we would always just be a few seconds off from breaking that record. And that was my problem. That was my fault. The issue was, was I was not running in such a way that I might obtain to win a prize. I was just running because, you know, running fast enough just so that we could we could win the race, but not so that we could break the record. And, and that drove people nuts. Our conference uh, in eighth grade, our conference uh, meet ended up getting rained out. And that was the one time that I always, I told the guys, I was like, hey, I'll actually try this time. I told them that. I was like, I'll, I'll actually run as fast as I can. And I won't pace myself. And it got rained out, so I never got a chance to do it. So we never broke the record. And that was my fault. That was a lack of discipline. You see, Discipline in the spiritual life is important, and this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Run in such a way that you win. Run with endurance. But then he goes and he says this, uh, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest I preach to others I myself should become disqualified. You see, the reality of it is, is that discipline and disciplining of the body is what Paul was talking about. Now, this was applying that in, in spiritual ways. Of course, this was a lot to do with uh, with with sexual sin in 1 Corinthians. And so he's going and saying, look, I'm disciplining my body. Some of it had to do with how you treated others. And so he was disciplined in his relationships to others. He, he was disciplined, obviously, according to the Word of God and, and of course, in other areas as well. But discipline is vitally important to your spiritual life. If you're not disciplined in your devotions, you're not going to be disciplined in sharing the gospel. If you're not disciplined in your prayer life, you're not going to be disciplined when trials come in your attitude. That's the reality of it, is that you build from the bottom. You build with those daily habits, and then when something big comes in your life, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's it's a testing, that is when you overcome those things, is from the disciplines in the daily life. And you know, I remember graduating from high school and looking out, and just about a week before I graduated from high school, I'd read a study on the statistics of of where your high school class would end up, you know, so many people would end up going and um, it, it being in prison. Some people, so many people would end up going and 
having children out of wedlock. So many people would go and end up uh, being successful. So many people would end up going and and living a godly life. All you know, all these different statistics. I don't remember what all they were, but but I remember going and looking out, and I was homeschooled. And so it was a homeschool graduating class. It was smaller from Christian families. And I remember going and looking around and thinking that that could never happen, you know. And by golly, it almost held, I mean, maybe slightly less, but pretty much held to the exact percentage point, that study. And I remember realizing, looking back a few years after high school and a couple of my friends who, you know, ended up their life not being very good, not honoring God. One ended up in prison several times. The other one ended up having a couple kids out of wedlock and uh, in, in in things like that. And I just remember sitting there thinking, what is the difference? What is the difference? Now, of course, there's personal choice that comes in this, but the personal choice wasn't just in the moment. It was in the discipline. I remember in high school, these guys saying that, you know, they struggled with their devotions. They didn't have a strong prayer life. They also, if they were going to go and quote scripture, you know, to get it checked off at youth group or at, you know, Awana or something like that, it wasn't that they came in prepared with it. They clearly weren't disciplined in memorizing scripture. It was that they were just making it up, right? Trying to memorize it right then and there. They didn't have discipline. The disciplines that you have in your life right now or the lack of disciplines you have in your life right now will end up impacting your future. And it doesn't matter what your age is. If you're in high school and you're listening to this, the choices you make on a daily basis will impact your 20s. I guarantee it. If you're in your 20s right now, the choices that you make right now are going to impact the daily choices, are going to impact your life in your 30s. Everything that you're choosing right now, it's going to impact it, your disciplines. Now, let's come to one more passage of Scripture here, looking at discipline, and we're going to see some failures of the disciples. And it says this in Matthew 26, 36 through 40, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here, and I go pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. Now, can you imagine that for just a moment before I continue reading? Jesus himself says, Look, pray with me. I'm having a tough time. Look, this is the the most difficult part in my life. This is so tough. I just need you to hang with me right here. These are his three best friends. Can you imagine if Jesus came and he said that to you? Our answer, of course, would be, yeah, Jesus, of course. And of course, that was probably their answer too. But let's see what happened in verses 39 through 40. Then he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Excuse me, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? What was the problem with Peter, James, and John? Because they failed. The failure was not in their flesh, because the next verse says that the indeed the flesh is willing, 
uh, but the spirit is weak. The, the issue here is that they didn't have a discipline. They didn't have a discipline. Now, th there's a few different possible disciplines here that, that they were lacking in their life. The first one could have been just a simple spiritual discipline that they were lacking. They couldn't pray for an hour. They couldn't pray for an hour. Can you pray for an hour? I hope you can pray for an hour because Jesus might come and ask you sometime to pray for an hour. But they couldn't pray for an hour. They didn't have that discipline. That's that's a possible one. Another possible one was simply they had the lack of discipline of slothfulness. They love sleep. You know, so many people really love sleep and they love sleep so much that when it comes to a point where they really need to do something, they choose sleep over getting that thing done. And that means that I, I, I remember I, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people who they come and they complain to me and saying, I just didn't get enough sleep last night. And I'm like, oh man, you had a rough night. You know, I understand. And then they start telling me about, you know, they still got six, seven hours of sleep. Now, that's actually a lot of sleep and generally that's a lot more than what I get. And I, I've been in a lot of conversations where people have told me that, you know, oh, I didn't get very much sleep last night. And then they tell me that they got way more sleep than what I got. And I'm not saying that as, oh, hey, look at me. I, I got less sleep. No, because it's something that, I mean, I enjoy. I remember being a teenager sleeping in, you know, till noon or until my dad came up and, and woke me up. Uh, and, and I was thinking, oh man, it's Saturday morning. Why are you waking me up at 10? And, and things like that. But that's, the, the reality of it is, is that it's a discipline that comes in your life and you have to be disciplined greater than your love for sleep. Everybody loves sleep. I love sleep, but I know that I have to be disciplined. And so that means that sometimes you have to work on getting up earlier. That's generally what we think of. But another thing that I would point out is sometimes that means you have to st work on staying up later. I know people who get up early, but man, they're, you know, they can't do anything. Um, e even if it's something that's really important after seven o'clock at night, because they've got their routine and, you know, they've got to be in bed by nine. And if you're one of those people, I want you to know, even if you're waking up at five in the morning, you still are going in loving sleep and you're not actually being disciplined because you need to be able to go. And it's good to have routines. That's where discipline starts. But you need to be going and stretching yourself so that you understand these things. Maybe that was the issue with the disciples. Maybe it wasn't that they had an issue with getting up early. Maybe it was that they had an issue of staying up late. But discipline goes and it makes it so that it can function even with less sleep. And that means you have to start incrementally going and waking up earlier. Now, sleep is good. I'm not saying don't sleep. But I'm saying here that you shouldn't be ruled by your sleeping pattern. But this also goes with the idea of, of food. You know, when it comes to this, you, you shouldn't be ruled by your stomach. You should have discipline over this. But also on the other side, then, you shouldn't be ruled by your taste buds. There are people who, who are uh, picky eaters. And, you know, we think it's kind of cute in our culture, but it's not. It's rude and it's a lack of discipline. It's an untamed taste bud. That's what it is. You now, that doesn't mean you got to like everything, but it means that you should be willing to eat it 
in order to not offend somebody. All of these disciplines are big ones, but look at this lack of sleep one or this lack of sleep discipline, I should say, with the disciples. What happened with them? It impacted their spiritual life. You see, your physical disciplines impact your spiritual life, not just your physical disciplines. This is an important, a very important lesson to learn. And I just want to go over a quick list of, of areas of disciplines that you should consider becoming more disciplined in. First one is, is Bible reading. If you're not disciplined in Bible reading, you need to have it. It's kind of obvious, but you need to have it. Prayer. Just talked about this. Can you pray for an hour? Now, the next one is interesting here. It's Bible study. This is different than Bible reading. If you just read through Scripture and you never actually stop and study it, well, that means you have a new discipline you need to work on. You need to work on studying Scripture. Have you looked at historical context? Have you looked up what words mean in the original Greek or in the Hebrew? You need to work on Bible study. For those who have children, how about family devotions? Do you guys do family devotions with discipline? Another one is this physical fitness. That's one that, that I'll be honest, it speaks to me. I haven't been very diligent in my physical fitness here recently. I need to probably work on that. Next one is, is, is waking up or that idea of sleep discipline and diet. All of these things are important disciplines in your life. But we've definitely gone over in time, so we'll conclude here. Uh, and I'll just encourage you to be disciplined. But thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome so that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Can you feel it? The song that is rising, then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now while you wait, lift up a victory Already